Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Joe Kissel, who is now the publisher of Take Control Books and author of many of the titles. A bit later, we'll talk with longtime Mac peripheral executive, that's a long phrase, Larry O'Connor, who's been at it for many, many years. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. So, Joe, how does it feel to be a big and rich publishing executive now? Well, uh, you know, uh, rich is <clears throat> probably not the word that I would use. My my major feeling right now is being way busier than I was before. And I was pretty busy before. You know, I was I was a full time author and uh, I haven't given up that job. I'm, I'm still writing books, but now I have the additional full time job of being a publisher. It's been crazy busy. That's that's kind of the best way to sum it up. I'm learning all kinds of new things. We're gradually you know, rolling out some improvements and, and working on all kinds of cool stuff that will appear in the future. But it's just been incredibly, incredibly busy. So taking over the job, in other words, yeah. doing the other half, you were an author of many of the titles, Take Control books, doing the other job. What is there about it that maybe surprised you that you didn't expect? Well, having worked with Adam and Tanya very closely for for so many years, I had a pretty good idea of how things function behind the scenes. All the stuff, everything from the process that we go through to make the different formats of the books, you know, the PDF and EPUB and Mobis, and how uh, royalties are distributed and how the web server works and all this stuff. I thought I had a pretty good idea of how all those pieces worked. Um, now I really know how the sausage is made. As I learn more and more about the details that I was sort of uh, the, uh, protected from, let's say, in the past, there's, oh, there's, uh, we'll worry about that. You don't need to worry about this. We'll take care of that. Uh, now that I do have to worry about everything, uh, I realize that um, it's very complex. It's just very, very complex. And there was so much that I didn't already know um, that I've had to learn and so many kind of uh, delicate, fragile pieces that if things aren't done exactly just so, then lots of things break. I was a little bit surprised at how many uh, tweaky steps there were. Okay, so it's the tweaking that got you crazy. Yes, which is not as good as twerking, but it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's apparently a thing. I, I forget the number, um, but it was something like you're, you're, you're writing a book in a word processor, and of course your word processor has a print-to-PDF feature, and the casual observer might assume that that's how you make a PDF. You just you have the book in your word processor, you print a PDF, and you're done. But that's not the case. Once we get that PDF out of a word processor, there's still like over 40 steps that have to be gone through before we have a file that we can actually sell you. And then there's a similar number of steps for other formats. And then there are so many other things that also have to happen behind the scenes to get to the point where we can actually sell you a file and deliver that to you. The website makes it look very simple, but behind the scenes, there's just so, so much. So learning about all that stuff, and hopefully someday I will be able to automate most of these steps. I've already taken some steps along the path to automation, but there's a lot to do. But uh, learning about all that has been um, quite a fascinating journey. Now, just, shall we say, devil's advocate, because I don't know. Does doing it in a 
Page Layout Program, Quark Express, Adobe InDesign, make the process easier or is it just another impediment? We have looked into using InDesign. Uh, I mean, part of the problem is that we have to have non-expert users, that is, people who are not expert in laying out and creating books, do, do the writing. And we have found through a lot of trial and error that is way, 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 way better just for the whole process, for everyone involved, for authors to be writing in a fully WYSIWYG environment. So instead of just like an author hands us a word processing file and then somebody else pours it into a page layout program and does all the layout, uh, which is how, you know, ordinary print books are, are typically done, we found a great deal of value in having the authors write in into the template that is ultimately going to be used. So because we don't want for all of our authors to have to buy and become experts in something like Quark or InDesign, that's one reason that we, we go for uh, a word processor. Uh, there, I mean, there's more to it than that, but, but fundamentally, because we want to be able to update our books whenever we need to without a whole lot of fuss, we want to be able to update books without, you know, messing up page breaks in certain instances, stuff like that. And we don't want to put a lot of burden on the authors to learn and buy new tools. Uh, word, processors, uh, word processors seem to be the path of least resistance. Word or something else? Well, the first uh, few years we used Word, and then we switched to Pages, and then we switched to Nicest Writer. And that's a whole long story, too. But we have been using Nicest Writer Pro for several years. I don't know, quite a few years, in fact. I, I forget when we first started. But that is what we have found to be best for our overall workflow right now. Um, I don't know that it will always be the best choice, but it's a very good one. And uh, the fact that Nicest Writer has... These incre- this incredible macro capability allows us to uh, automate a lot of things in the production process and the writing process as well, and the editing process for that matter, that would otherwise be manual. So uh, it's, it's not the only way to do it. It's the way that we've found best for our particular uh, desired outcome. Let's look at some of the books that are coming out. Obviously, you've got early access versions for iOS 11 and macOS High Sierra. And what that right. means is you're getting something based on the beta. And when the final version comes out, there'll be updates for the book. Exactly. But I want to look at a couple of things that are kind of crazy about Mac OS High Sierra. Okay. And we can go into this. First of all, of course, there's one feature that may or may not even be possible on your Mac, which is the Apple filing system, the APFS. Right. First, before we go on and before I ask you questions that you may not even want to answer, that is... Tell our listeners in ways they can understand why this is better than the older HFS plus file system. It's it's one of those, it's like plumbing, okay? So if if you have got a leaky faucet or you have, uh, you know, a, a, a clogged drain, you don't really care about the diameter of the pipes or what material they're made out of or how the plumber has put together the fittings. You don't care about that. You just care about what you actually see and interact with. And this is the same thing. You don't really care about the details of how the operating system writes files to your disk or SSD. What you care about is how fast things happen and how convenient things are. So one of the promises of APFS is that some things that you need to do 
uh, just, you know, ordinary day-to-day activities like duplicating large files in the finder or, you know, getting info on a folder to see how, how big it, uh, you know, all the contents of, of that folder are. These kinds of things go from taking multiple minutes to happen, happening instantaneously. So it's not... It's not interesting in, in terms of what the, the plumbing, you know, the infrastructure. It's interesting in terms of the fact that some things that were slower are now going to be faster. Some, uh, when you have a, a crash, you are now less likely to lose data than before. So that's great. There are some new features that will be able to roll out in the future. You don't, you're not going to see them at first, but um, APFS sort of lays the foundation for better stuff with encryption and uh, with backups that will, that, you know, that will, that will eventually uh, be exposed. But um, it's basically a better, it's like, it's like ripping out the plumbing in your house and changing it all for stuff that's much better and nothing looks really different. But when you turn on that faucet, oh, wow, hey, that's, that's nice. Now, here's the thing. From the last documentation I read, if your Mac has a solid-state drive, the conversion is automatic. Right. If it has a regular hard drive or a Fusion drive, which mixes the hard drive and a small solid-state drive, the picture is murky. We'll talk about murkiness and more in the next segment of the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Message and data rates may apply. Oh my gosh, that's Frank Thomas. No. Yes, that's him. Go ahead. Excuse me, are you Frank Thomas? Yes, I am. I bet you get recognized a lot. I was a pretty good ball player. You were? Some people thought so. Sorry, we recognize you from those Nugenics commercials. Oh yeah? That's great. So does Nugenics really work? Oh yeah, I really can feel the difference. My workouts are better, and I feel a lot more energetic. I wish my husband would use Nugenics. It's so easy to get started. All you have to do is send one simple text. Text the word PRIME44 to 42. 424 for a complimentary bottle of award-winning Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Its unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, a patented key ingredient clinically researched to help a man feel stronger, leaner, more energetic, and more passionate. And you're going to like the difference, too. Text PRIME44 to 42424 for a complimentary bottle of Nugenics. Samples are not available in stores. Text PRIME44 to 42424. 
You want to save money in a place that gives you growth, control, and certainty without stock market risk or tax risk, and you want guarantees and you want it all tax-free. That's a tall order. But you can get all of that with properly designed participating whole life insurance. Most people think life insurance pays after you're dead. That's true. But you can have tax-free access to use your life insurance while you're alive. Get the free book to find out how. Call 702-660-7000. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Imagine what it's like to be active your whole life and then find out you're going blind. I have age-related macular degeneration, or AMD. As a wife, mother, and grandmother, my sight is precious to me, so I was relieved to find that treatments for some forms of AMD are available and research for additional treatments is underway. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD. Or go to the website fightblindness.org where I found so much helpful information. Call 1-800-BLINDNESS today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. I want to say this show is murky. But we're talking to Joe Kissel of Take Control Books and author of many of their titles about Mac OS High Sierra, about one of the new features, something where they overhaul the plumbing, Apple File System, APFS. And as I said, new Macs, Macs with solid state drives, no problem. I have a 2010 17-inch MacBook Pro. It has a third-party solid state drive from Otherworld Computing, and that guy, Larry O'Connor, who is the owner of that company. He'll join us later. But it converted no problem. In place, no problem. Did the installation, works fine. But you can't be sure if you have a regular hard drive or an HDD or a Fusion drive whether it will convert or can be converted. And Apple's documentation is contradictory and confusing. Yes, you got that all exactly correct. (laughs) So we don't know There are places in the documentation that make it sound like, hey, uh, spinning hard drives and fusion drives just aren't going to work. Sorry, tough luck. 
There are other places that make it look like they will work in the future, but they don't work right now. There are other places that say, well, some fusion drives might not work, but most of them should. It, it is really murky. What I can tell you is that as of today, as of the day we're recording this and the latest beta that I have installed, on a, a fairly old uh, 2010 iMac that has a Fusion drive, I do not have APFS. Not only did it not convert to APFS during installation, it wasn't even an option for me to manually convert it to APFS later on if I boot up in recovery mode or something. It, it just isn't, it isn't an option at all. I hope it becomes an option in a later beta and in the release version. In fact, I hope it becomes an option for Macs with, with just spinning hard drives too. But I don't know, and Apple has been, as you say, quite ambiguous on that point. So I noticed I have an iMac with a Fusion drive, and there was no option to create an APFS version. I could, however, reformat, and I did, an external backup drive, APFS. Works sure. fine. Continues to do backups. Obviously, right. Fusion Drive is more complicated. Supposedly, yeah. the other possibility here is if you go to the recovery disk mode, you restart, hold down Command-R to restart in recovery disk mode, which is a way to run disk utility on your startup drive and to reinstall the OS, that kind of thing. There should be an option to convert to APFS there. It's there, right. but it's grayed out. That's right. So again, I have no idea if this is just you know a thing that they haven't turned on yet because it wasn't working well enough for them in the in the earlier betas, or if they decided no, we're actually not going to be able to get this to work at all, or maybe it won't happen until ten point thirteen point something or ten point fourteen. Just a mystery. I mean, as you say, on on all SSD Max, it's no problem. I have one of those too, but I would like to see it work on, especially on fusion drives. Like I can understand if it doesn't work on, on Macs with only hard drives, but man, at least on a fusion drive, that sure would help. Now I can see it's possible because I've heard some of this too, that things are changing gradually in the way right. they work with APFS and they didn't want to make it work on a lesser or the older kinds of hard drives until they know for sure everything is okay. And since things could change during the course of the beta, you'd more apt to be forced to reformat your drive rather than put you through that wait till it's finished. Either way, wait till it's finished. Although I guess that doesn't apply to the regular solid state drives. I obviously have no inside knowledge of the engineering reasons for doing things one way or another. Uh, all I know is, uh, this is this is the situation as it stands today. Well, what I will do is ask Larry O'Connor that question. I mean, they sell solid-state drives. They have been making peripherals for Mac computers for umpteen thousand years. Maybe he knows. Let's see what kind of sure. answer he gives. Right. I do hope that Apple would come up with something, a definitive document that explains this. Because the one that I read, the last one, the most recent one, says the solid-state drives are converted automatically. The HDD and Fusion are not but doesn't say they can't be. Right, right. Yeah, that is the biggest thing, is I would like for Apple to be clear about it in their docs, and they just aren't right now. I'm just finding myself completely annoyed by Apple, but then they could always be more informative about things. For example, if you're a public beta tester, and you download these things, and they've had 
what, nine or ten different betas since the cycle began. Quite a few. In fact, as we record this, the previous day in iOS 11 beta was released for public beta testers and developers. They tell you nothing about what's changed, what's different. Nothing. Zero. Zilch. Right. Yes, that, that, that is true. They, they do tell developers a bit more, but even what they tell developers is not, uh, not the sort of detail that I would prefer. Yes, I've seen that end of it, too. So I agree with you. They're not being... But then, you see, the thing that bothers me about that is how then can you expect a developer to properly test something if they don't know what to test for? And this is true through the entire cycle. And the public beta tester ought to be given more information because they would normally know less. Yeah. You know, every time someone, and this has been true for years, every time somebody asks me a question about Apple, starting with the word why, I'm like, I'm just going to stop you right there. <laughs> any, any why questions when it comes to Apple, uh, I don't know. And they're not telling. They all, Apple almost never reveals their reasons for making decisions, whether they're technical decisions or business decisions. They, 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 they have. I guess it's just sort of part of their corporate culture is we're not going to tell you why. So I, I feel sad about that, but I can only guess. Of course, you see, they do get or grand press opportunities to a limited number of journalists. Why aren't they asked these questions? Because there's well, never anything about it. There's never, well, we'd rather not talk about that or whatever. Or I'll get back to you. There's never a question even asked. Yeah, I don't know. don't know. Maybe there's the fear if you alienate Apple, you ask them the wrong question. They won't invite you back for another attempt. Not that I think Apple should have any difficulty at all even not answering a question. You know, we have bright guys there. You ask them a question, they don't want to answer it, they'll say, well, that's a developer issue, we can take it up with them, or this, that, and the other thing, or thank you, and we'll look into it, or some kind of response. They can say something. Yeah. We don't comment on future products, except when we do. So now, right. if I'm installing Mac OS High Sierra, I'm going to ask you now, moving away from APFS and the APFS conundrum, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about the operating system itself and what people should look out for when they set it up for the first time, because we're talking probably no more than a month or less, or two or three weeks before it's released. Joe Kissel of Take Control Books. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Ally. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Did you know children are 52 times more likely to suffer from identity theft than adults? Credit alerts will not fix the fallout. Liberty ID does. And here's an exciting offer just for you. Go to LibertyID.com and cover your entire family, your spouse, your children, and your parents for only $129 a year. Use promo code FREETRIAL and we'll give you the first 60 days free. That's LibertyID.com, promo code FREETRIAL. LibertyID.com. LibertyID.com. 
It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Dr. Joe Wallach is not your typical doctor. Both a veterinarian and naturopathic physician, Dr. Wallach asked, Why does America spend more money on health care by far and yet ranks 50th in health and longevity worldwide? The doctor believes that people should be empowered with a basic understanding of nutrition, then take charge of their life to attain optimal health and longevity through nutrition, not by toxic prescription drugs that lead to side effects, requiring more toxic prescription drugs. Talk about being dependent on drug companies, to our own destruction no less. This is clearly a deadly recipe. Doc Wallach's message is resonating with an increasing number of Americans who are waking up to all the government and big pharma manipulation of our health care system. I like what Doc Wallach is saying and doing to enlighten people and have joined forces to help this tireless crusader spread his message. Visit GCNminerals.com and listen to Dr. Wallach's deadly recipes lecture. It makes a lot of sense and I invite you to join the GCN Minerals team. Go to GCNminerals.com. That's GCNminerals.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next.
Now, to let you know how far I've come, when this show is broadcast September 9th, it'll be my birthday. Happy birthday to me and that oh, kind of thing. But- Seriously speaking, mention that because I'm sure you want to wonder how best to show your support to the Tech Night Owl and the Tech Night Owl Live. And one good way is to sign up for Tech Night Owl Plus. And that's where you get the version of this show without the network ads. We take 41 minutes of network ads and you don't hear them. Give you better quality audio for a low subscription rate by the week, by the month, by the year, etc. Starting at $1.49 a week. That's cheaper than buying a coffee at the Circle K down the street here. All right? Our price, cheap. Learn more at plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. I hope the show is worth more than a cup of coffee from a convenience store. Joe Kissel, looking at Mac OS High Sierra. Now, when Apple does that, where the name of the new operating system is a close resemblance to the previous one, you assume there aren't going to be that many front-facing changes. Are we correct here? That is correct. There aren't that many. There are some. You know, I've been using High Sierra on one of my main Macs for quite some time. And I often have to like stop and think about oh, wait, which which version of, of Mac OS is this? Because for ninety-five percent of what I do, I don't perceive any difference at all. It's just it appears to be exactly uh, what I've been using for the last year. Everything is familiar, the same things work. Now, that other 5% is, is the part to, to talk about. Um, now, there are some features that, like, they're there, but I don't really care about them. Like, you know, there's, there's stuff in there that is just for gamers, uh, you know, like new graphic stuff, Metal 2 and all those things. I don't, I don't play games, so I don't care. I don't notice it. It's not going to be interesting to me. There's a bunch of stuff like that. There are things like new Siri voices, or at least there there will be new Siri voices, but I don't really use Siri on my Mac. I use Siri on my iOS devices and on my watch. So again, it's there, and for those who use it, they might really enjoy that. It's just not uh, not relevant to me. Every once in a while, as I was working on my my you know book about upgrading to High Sierra, and I was thinking, wow, it just this just seems almost identical to to Sierra. Something would happen. I go, oh, oh, that's different. I mean, there are the normal things like uh, mail plugins. The old versions don't work. You got to update them. So I go and find beta versions of the mail plugins I use, so that so that, that stuff works. There are apps and system preference panes that uh, needed to be updated or, because the old versions weren't compatible with High Sierra. But that's fine. I just updated those. Uh, all the apps and extensions and stuff that I personally use and care about uh, already have a High Sierra uh, compatible uh, beta version. So that's fine. That, that I'm not suffering because I can't do the stuff I normally do. But there was one thing where I went to install uh, a backup app because I'm, I'm testing some backup apps for an article, and this alert popped up. It says, system extension blocked. A program tried to load new system extensions. If you want to enable these extensions, open security and privacy system preferences. Uh, Oh, well, that's different. And it wasn't even like click here to enable it. It's like, we're going to tell you where to go. You have to remember that. So I opened up system preferences, went to the security and privacy pane, went to the general tab. And oh, look, down there at the bottom is this little message saying system software from developer so-and-so was blocked from loading. And then there's a big allow button. 
So this is a security feature, brand new in High Sierra. When you are loading or installing uh, apps that use kernel extensions or KEXT, these alerts pop up saying you have to specially and individually allow each one of them, and you have to allow them within 30 minutes or they will automatically be blocked, and the next time they try to load, you'll get another one of these alerts popping up. And this is a security feature basically to prevent you from accidentally installing malware that might take over your system and do really bad things or ransomware or whatever. It is for a good purpose, but this will be a new series of alerts that people will be surprised by and have to deal with and might be a little bit annoyed by. The nice thing, though, is you know if you just do a regular upgrade, any of these extensions that you already had installed will not prompt this alert. This is only for new extensions that you install after you're running High Sierra. But still, this is an example of one of those, you know, part of that 5% of stuff that you it is new and you will see it's it's not bad, but it's it might be slightly annoying. It's almost like having an extensions manager. Almost. Uh, it, it serves some of the same purposes. It does, just doesn't give you as much visibility or as much control, which is unfortunate. Extensions manager was something back in the old days of the classic Mac OS where there was more direct placement of system add-ons. And they had control panels, which is the front-facing interface, and extensions, which does the background stuff. And you had extension managers. And you had something called Conflict Catcher, where if there was a conflict between extensions, it would help you figure it out. In fact, the guy who did Conflict Catcher is this Jeff Robin, who I guess is still a vice president at Apple, and he still works on iTunes and stuff like that. So in case you're wondering, you look him up. <laughs> I remember a Time Magazine article where Jeff came to the session where Time was interviewing Steve Jobs. And Steve would not mention Jeffrey's last name because he was afraid, I guess, somebody would poach him. Hmm. I, I, I did not hear that story. I think it was in the article. <laughs> but I haven't seen Jeffrey in person since... He was working on iPod software. And he hinted, I got some really great things in there, but I can't tell you about them because I'd have to kill you. No, he didn't say it right. that way. But that was the last time. Hey, let's get back to away from extensions and stuff like that. Other than that, which is something you may never see, what else do you see? Obviously, in Safari, if you're used to this horrible experience of opening a website like CNN, you pick an article and you open the article and you start hearing the video report of that article, disturbing your silence. And Apple yes. did something about that. That is probably the best thing for me personally. That is probably the best new thing in High Sierra. And what's interesting about it is that it's not something you will see. It is something that you will stop seeing or stop hearing, as the case may be. And that's really good. So sites that have auto-playing videos, not to mention any names, Macworld, I, I have never, ever ever encountered a person who likes them. I, I don't know a single person who, who enjoys that experience of videos autoplaying. The, the people who are selling ads really like them because they, they make money, but uh, nobody likes to have that, have that happen. And now uh, those are blocked. Uh, you, you can block them individually or, you know, selectively by a particular domain, block or unblock these autoplay videos in Safari. Thank goodness for that. That is, that is amazingly wonderful. 
And there are some other great things about Safari and High Sierra as well. Um, there are new tools to block advertisers from tracking you. Uh, there is this option to show articles in Safari Reader by default so that you're not seeing pages cluttered with ads and all kinds of stuff. And, and various other ways you can customize your, your uh, browsing experience. So uh, Safari, in, in terms of, of privacy and in terms of just not making, making the web browsing experience less annoying, um, Safari has definitely taken some steps forward. So, uh, so that's quite nice. the The thing about it is, you 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 don't you don't uh, you don't necessarily realize that's even a feature because you just browse the web normally, and at a certain moment you say, "Hey, wait a minute! I wasn't annoyed by auto playing videos in the last hour. Oh, that's nicer." And as soon as you get used to that, if you then switch back to a, a machine running an older version of Mac OS, then you're going to be really annoyed. We don't want to annoy you. We just want to tell you to sit back and listen. We've got a lot more to come. We're talking about Joe Kissel, about Mac OS High Sierra, Lucky 1013. I was thinking Apple wouldn't use 1013, like some buildings don't have a 13th floor. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. 
Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Kiyosaki, Rogers, and Schiff all concur there's an economic calamity that will be facing this country. My question to you is, do you know when and are you prepared? Most people don't, but my friends over at Republic Monetary Exchange have been leading experts in precious metals to help you offset the coming economic collapse. Right now, for a limited time, they have a free book called The 10 Reasons You Should Own Gold. You simply need to give them a call at 888-772-2929 to get that in your hands. Do not allow the insiders to do what they did to you in 2008, putting your IRAs, 401ks, and savings in jeopardy. You need this book, and you need it now. The 10 Reasons You Should Own Gold. Call 888-772-2929. That's 888-772-2929. There's a reason that the largest investment banking company in the world, J.P. Morgan, just purchased another 50 million ounces of silver. This free book will explain it. 888-772-2929. Many medicines used to treat colds and flu contain acetaminophen, a pain reliever and fever reducer found in hundreds of over-the-counter and prescription medicines. But taking too much or more than one medication containing acetaminophen per day can damage your liver. So always read the label and don't take acetaminophen if you drink three or more alcoholic drinks every day. To learn more, visit fda.gov slash OTC pain info. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Food and Drug Administration. What's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. So, Apple, of course, does not believe that there's an unlucky 13, do they? No, and and good for them. I mean, <laughs> I think there are far, far more important things to worry about. Okay, what else can we expect to see in High Sierra? Well, one of the other things that a lot of people have been really happy about is that there there will be so we so we have heard there will be this option for iMessage messages to sync across all your devices through iCloud. Um, now, in the last betas of of iOS. And macOS that I've seen, this feature isn't enabled yet, but we've heard that it's coming. It was that was there in earlier betas, and they took it away, and it's supposed to come back. So that will be nice because, as things have stood to this point, it's kind of seemingly random whether any particular messages will show up on one computer or one uh, you know iOS device or another. It will be nice to know that all of your entire history of messaging with various people will show up on all of your devices the same way, like, you know, like your email does. And there will be this option that Apple uh, has for, you know, has for photos and has for music and has for desktop and documents, folders and so forth, which is if you run out of space or you're close to running out of space on your Mac, then it'll delete the local copies. It'll still keep a copy in the cloud and you can still get at them. But it's not going to let things like message history bog down your storage. So that's nice. 
the Photos app has some improved organizational features, new filters, new editing tools. Uh, something that a lot of people are talking about is a looping effect for live photos. So if you have an iPhone, uh, you take a live photo, uh, now you can turn that into basically like a, like a movie that just loops either back and forth or, or just goes repeatedly in, in a loop. Um, there are different ways of doing it. And so, uh, so that's a very nice effect, and I'm glad that you can do that. I'm glad you can uh, choose a different keyframe for your live photos. And some other, you know, integration with third-party apps, stuff like that. So those are neat things. There's a new, uh, new encoding uh, mechanisms for both photos and videos that can make videos uh, stream faster and photos take up less space and so forth. Of course, like the streaming thing, it's only going to be useful if you happen to be streaming from a service that uses this new codec. So it's not going to universally make things better, but I'm, I'm always glad for anything that lays the groundwork for improvements in uh, either, you know, how much space you, you take up on your disk or how fast things will stream. So, so those are some of the other nice things. Mac OS. Hi, Sierra. And the books you have out to cover this subject? We have three. We have Take Control of Upgrading to High Sierra, which tells you all the steps you need to take. Whether you're running Sierra or you're running Snow Leopard, you want to get from there to here, and you want to make sure that nothing goes wrong in the process, or if something does, you know how to fix it. And you just want some expert guidance and hand-holding because there are a lot of different things to keep track of. Uh, so Take Control of Upgrading to High Sierra is that book. Once you've got it installed, there's Take Control of High Sierra, and that's a book by Shelley McFarland that covers not only all the new features in High Sierra, but also some of the features that have maybe been around for a version or two that you might have missed or might not be making full use of. So it really is a, quite an extensive exploration of High Sierra uh, whether you care about mainly just the new features or whether you're kind of approaching this as a, as a, a new standalone operating system, you want to know all about it. Uh, then Josh Centers has Take Control of iOS 11. This is an even bigger book. It, it too, is, is trying to tell you about not every single feature in iOS 11, but the, kind of the vast majority of them with a special emphasis on the stuff that's new, and there is a lot of new stuff in iOS 11, certainly more new stuff in iOS 11 than in High Sierra. So Josh's book is your guide to all that. And listen to last week's episode where we had Josh give us a quick run-through with iOS 11. So I'll have Joe be brief about that. Yeah. I think some of the most important features of iOS 11 are for iPad users, because oh, it looks like Apple woke up and said, you know, we've got this platform. Let's do some more things with it. Let's make it more productive. Let's improve the multitasking and maybe take a few influences from the Mac. What do you think? Absolutely. That is that is definitely the case. I mean, iOS 11 is just sort of universally better. It is especially good on iPads and then even more especially good on iPad Pros. So uh, you mentioned the multitasking and there are all these different aspects to it. There's the app switcher, which is much better. And it ha you have this uh, redesigned and customizable control center. You can add and move around the, the little widgets and buttons. So that's really cool. You have drag and drop now system wide. You can drag and drop from one app to another. So cool. The dock now looks pretty much exactly like the Mac dock. It can hold more stuff and it's more flexible. So if you have any iOS device, but especially an iPad and, and better yet, an iPad Pro, 
Uh, you are going to have to learn some weird new gestures, and Apple has some videos that you can watch to help you with some of these things. But things like as you're dragging one icon, oh no, I want to select another one too, and you know how how you go about doing that, and how you can you kind of do two-handed gestures to do all these different kinds of things. But improvements in split screen and you know, the other multitasking modes as well, and and how you can do do drag and drop whether or not you're in split screen modes. Um, improvements to the on-screen keyboard. Uh, there's just so much stuff. So it's, it's, it's really, really nice. And I think everybody's going to really like it. If you have an iPhone, it starts with the iPhone 5S, by the way. That's the oldest platform, plus obviously some of the older iPads. Just like, for example, on Mac OS High Sierra, the oldest Macs include mostly 2010 models and the late 2009 iMac. So if you still have one of those in use. It's not obsolete. Wait till next year. Hmm. Now, in your experience playing with any of this stuff, High Sierra or iOS 11, do you notice that the older machines are starting to run real slow or is it still fairly snappy? Uh, I haven't really noticed that. In in some of the betas on, on my old iMac, there have been a few times that I have run out of RAM which is not an experience I am accustomed to. I mean, this this particular machine has 16 gigabytes of RAM, and uh, I haven't been changing my habits with you know how many apps or how many windows I have open or anything like that. But I have had a few times where my little indicator, my third-party app in, in the menu bar tells me uh, that the reason my Mac is suddenly running as slow as you can imagine and every single app is beach balling is that all of my ram is used up so i am i am chalking that up to some sort of beta bug uh it doesn't happen very often uh, actually i don't even know if i've seen it in the very latest beta so there have been a couple of things like that some of like i have a i have an old uh, ipad mini 2 which can't use quite all of the new uh multitasking features so that's a little bit sad but uh, on the whole, I have not noticed any uh, any uh, you know really distinct slowdowns. Again, though, the kinds of stuff I use my iOS devices and my Mac for are generally not the ones that are heavily taxing the CPU and the GPU. Occasionally they do, but I'm not I'm not doing you know multi-track audio recording or a lot of video editing or or playing games that kind of thing. So. I'm not likely to to notice the situations that would put the uh, the machines under the most stress. This has nothing to do with what we've been talking about. But you and I have talked about security in the past, and there's a gentleman by the name of Dr. Timothy Summers, an ethical hacker, who comes on the Tech Night Out Live occasionally. So I want to drop this in here. Of course, most of you are familiar with a company called Equifax. It's one of the credit bureaus, right? TransUnion, Experian. Equifax. Equifax, according to the reports I see here, was hit with a data breach affecting more than 143 million people. Oh, boy. Just saw this right now as we were talking. Yep. I, I saw that earlier today as well. Yeah. Hackers exploited a bug at the company's website. Now, I don't know about you. I'd like to just remove my credit report from a company that can't keep my data safe. Yeah. But you have no power to do that. You know, they get the information. Nothing at all you can do. 
So there you go, Equifax. On the other hand, I guess you have an excuse if you get turned down for a loan or something. Hey, my data was hacked. I'm not responsible for what's on there. Go try Experian or TransUnion or something. And I don't know how that works in other countries. Anyway. I don't know either, but man, 143 million is a lot of people. I, I don't, I can't recall having heard of a hack or a, a data breach in the past that affected a larger number. If, if there was, I, I don't recall it. That is I, a really, really large number. I think it's Yahoo. Did. We got more to come with Joe Kissel. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Anytime, any place, anywhere. Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So I said at the end of the last segment, I think hundreds of millions of people were impacted by the data breach over Yahoo. Joe Kissel, but even then, 143 million. This is critical stuff. This is your yeah. credit rating. This is what you use to buy a house, buy a car, get a credit card. That's right. Uh, Lease a things, new apartment. Yeah. Things like your social security number, which everybody says, uh, you know, don't ever let that out into the wild. Well, you know, they're kind of all in the wild now. So, I mean, not all of them, but it is a really, really big deal. And we don't know exactly what the results of this hack are going to be 
But what you know typically happens when information like this gets out is a lot of identity theft. So you could be seeing uh, people fraudulently uh, applying for loans in your name, uh, fraudulently applying for credit cards in your name, um, stuff like that. It's it's no fun at all. Well, I think if a hacker gets mine, they can maybe improve it. It's not the greatest credit report in the world. Anyway, that's that. We'll get into more discussions in our next security episode. Let's go back to take control books and stuff like that. iOS 11. Anything surprise you about iOS 11? I I don't know that I would say I was surprised by anything. I I will say I was I was delighted by a bunch of stuff. And we've already talked about like the you know the control center and the multitasking and stuff. I was not expecting that. I'm I'm really happy to see it. Like the keyboard flick thing, where if you have an iPad, um, you can get at numbers and special characters without having to go to a separate screen you can just sort of flick your your finger downward on on a key and the extra the extra characters are just shown above there that's really nice i've used that a lot it's really elegant and i was not expecting that it's never not something would have ever occurred to me to do but i think it's really delightful i guess you could say i was mildly surprised but nothing that i'm really put off by there is this one thing that, you know, now with iOS 11, you can't use 32-bit apps anymore. For example, I, you know, I have a couple of kids at home, and uh, so I have a number of kids' apps on my devices. And I've gotten that message a few times, oh, sorry, this, you know, whatever, Dr. Seuss app or something can't run on iOS 11. You're going to have to get an update for it, but that update hasn't come out yet, or we don't know if it ever will come out. So some some older 32-bit apps, especially those that you know were free or cheap, haven't been updated in a while, may not ever be, for all we know. Um, those are probably going to cause a bit of consternation to some people. Hopefully, there won't be too many instances of those. Huh. You know, one thing that bothers me about the new control center, and just... It makes it easier to accidentally press the wrong thing to me. And you okay. always have to remember what those symbols stand for. Just yeah. a personal experience. That's true. That's true. But there are still other ways to get at all of those things. So if you want to do it the old-fashioned way, you can still do that too. It's customizable. You don't have to display certain things, things you'll never use. Right. Just get rid of Exactly. Yeah. This way you're not caught Anything disappoint you about iOS 11? Well, you know, I did not wake up uh, richer or better looking after installing it, so that's that's too bad. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, I, I can't think of anything that's disappointing. There have been some things that I've kind of complained about for years and years that every, every time a new iOS version comes out, I think, oh, maybe this will be the time that 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 gets fixed and um and it, 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 it there have been so many successive times that it hasn't that I, I i no longer feel disappointment about it but you know if if you are in um in the contacts app and you want to create a new group you can't you can you can use an existing group you can't create a new group well you can do it on the web, you can do it on your Mac, but you you can't do that on your iOS device. Why not? I don't know. There doesn't seem to be any sense to that. And there are a few kind of little things like that where I just I I wish that that they would get with the program and and take away the these seemingly arbitrary limitations that 
uh, are things that you can still do on a Mac, and you ought to also be able to do on an iOS device, but you can't. Um, I would love to see more features in mail, of course, but uh, but it, it's not really so much a disappointment as, um, oh, yeah, okay, so that, that hasn't gotten better yet, maybe next time, but it's okay. I mean, I, I do still have other ways to get my work done, so it's not not that big a deal. One thing I think is unfortunate with iOS mail, you can't set email rules. Right. So, for example, if you set rules on your desktop Mac, the rules are applied. But if you first see the same mail because it's IMAP mail on your iOS device, the rule is not applied because there are no rules there. What I do, and you can do it with a lot of email systems, is set them online. Right. Use the online interface for whatever email system you're using, and that way they apply across the board. But otherwise, why? Yeah, that's exactly what I do as well, and that's what I recommend. I I have been bit by that a couple of times, and it's it's too bad that you don't have rules. And there are other things. You know, you don't exactly have smart mailboxes on iOS. You have sort of semi-smart, semi-limited mailboxes, but but not not the sort of thing that you have in, in mail for Mac. And there are, you know, there are lots of other things that you can do with, with mail on, uh, on any desktop platform that you can't do on an iOS device. People who are not email power users might never notice these things. I am, and I really do, but that's okay because I do most of my email on my Mac anyway. You see, part of it is the fact that Apple has limited resources on iOS. These devices have less memory, not less performance anymore, but less memory, less storage, and they have to be careful. But we're getting to a point now where maybe as more and more memory is available, larger and larger storage systems, it won't matter anymore. But for the time being, it does. You can buy a Mac, like a MacBook Air, with 256 gigabytes of RAM. You can buy an iPad with 256, uh, uh, sorry, not RAM, but an SSD. And you can buy an iPad with 256 gigabytes of storage. So we are definitely getting to that point where it's hard to hard to make the argument that, well, we just don't have enough storage space, or we just don't have enough processing power. Well, actually, you know, iPads kind of do for the most part. Um, it's true. Obviously, you could have a, a lower-end model that doesn't have as much storage. Of course, you could. But uh, I, 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 think, I think that argument is, is well on its way to going away, even if it's not totally gone yet. I'm thinking here another year or two, You'll have the 512 gigabyte iPhone or iPad or the terabyte. And suddenly you get to see apps using maybe eight gigabytes of RAM instead of, I think, three is where it maxes out now. Now, the, the other thing, however, is having the iOS this way has taught developers to be less, as they say, less abusive of resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a good thing. Um, I, I I think that's that's a, a very commendable programming practice to be kind to your users and uh, you know parsimonious with system resources because you never know what kind of a machine might have to run this or what else might be running on that machine. But I think in a few years there'll be parity, you know, parity close enough that just about anything you can do on a Mac. 
other than things allowing for screen size and such, and allowing for the difference with traditional desktop metaphors and using your fingers on a touchscreen, you'll be able to do on an iOS device. I, I think that's largely true, although with a footnote that in a couple of months, we will be able to buy an 18-core iMac Pro with 128 gigabytes of RAM and a 4-terabyte SSD and like crazy fast graphics and all these USB-C ports and um, like just ridiculous specs. And in the future, we don't know exactly when uh, we will be able to buy Mac Pros with even even bigger numbers. I have so, some ideas on that. Let's go into it. All right. Joe Kissel, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. People who can afford a LASIK procedure sure are lucky. Imagine being able to throw away your contacts and glasses. Imagine waking up tomorrow with 20-20 vision. Too bad everyone can't afford LASIK. Well, guess what? There's a company that agrees with you. The LASIK Vision Institute is now offering dramatically low prices on high-quality LASIK to make it affordable for everyone. That means you get the latest FDA-approved LASIK technology for a fraction of what others charge. And if you call right now, we'll schedule a free appointment so you can discover if LASIK is right for you. Results may vary. Call 1-800-963-4946. Even better, call right now and you can get an extra 20% discount off our already low-cost services. We've already performed over a million procedures. Let us help you. Discover how you can get the quality LASIK experience you deserve at a fraction of what others charge. For your free appointment, call 1-800-963-4946. 1-800-963-4946 North Korea openly threatens the U.S. and launches a new missile every other week. Their warhead of choice? Electromagnetic pulse. Such an event would cripple the U.S. power grid for years and leave millions in the dark. Are you ready? You can be with a Solark EMP-hardened solar generator. Solark works day in and day out to keep your essentials protected. You can have peace of mind knowing your power will be there when you most need it. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to see EMP testing. That's PortableSolarLLC.com. Energy insurance for your family.
Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-774-3149 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-774-3149. Again, that's 800-774-3149. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. What you're saying there is... There will always be an exception, not just a pickup truck. This is going to be like a full-blown rig, this iMac Pro. Yeah, 18 I mean, cores. I yeah. expect it's going to cost more than $15,000. It's going to be crazy expensive. I, I, I want one so bad, but I can't, I, I, I'm, I'm really scared of knowing what the, what the uh, final price would be for like a completely tricked out, all, all the biggest stuff. But I just I just mentioned that to say that even though iPads are getting more and more and more powerful and they're getting close to parity and even beyond in some cases with Apple's laptops, you know, as 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 fast as they're getting desktop Macs are also getting they're getting, you know, an order of magnitude or multiple orders of magnitude faster still. And, you know, they have more physical space to store stuff. They have more electricity coming into them. They're not so weight sensitive. So um, even as, you know, maybe in five years or 10 years, there's an iPad that is equivalent in processing power to the iMac Pro that's going to come out in December. But by that time, desktop computers will be 10 times again more powerful. So I, I think there will always be a place for desktop style computers and there will always be you know just because of physics things that plug into ac and and are able to be heavier and larger will probably be more powerful but that's not to say that ios devices can't do all the same kinds of stuff even if a bit slower right there'll be that second category where apple takes off now as far as the mac pro is concerned the latest parts list from Intel shows not just an 18-core Xeon, but 28-core Xeon. And that 28-core Xeon, 
depending on what kind of memory system it has, can cost $10,000 or $13,000 all by itself. Take a gulp, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Take That's- a gulp. Therefore, we may have an iMac Pro can be decked out to cost the same as, say, a Hyundai Elantra compact car. With the Mac Pro, it'll cost the same as a low-end Toyota Camry. There, just think of the pricing. I mean, we thought that prices could be expensive for Macs back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. But now, we think oh, everything is cheap. We can get a great computer for $1,000. But Apple now has not just entered the high-end They've embraced it with passion, the iMac Pro, and then, of course, the Mac Pro next year. So, as I said, it'll be more than $15,000 for a decked-out iMac Pro, and the Mac Pro is going to be over twenty. Because just look at that Intel Xeon chip, 10000 or 13000 The 13000 can use, like, up to over a gigabyte of ECC memory. You know what that's going to cost? Uh, it's, it's going to be up there. So obviously that's not going to be marketed at the home user or the prosumer. This is going to be uh, marketed at, you know, big businesses with lots of bucks. Yep. And that's going to be the separation where an iPad or a iPhone may come close to the performance of a standard Mac notebook or something. But there'll mm-hmm. be this stratospheric category that will be a total exception to that. I'm going to ask you a quick bit of speculation since we're into the final segment here. You expect to see this iPhone 8 with the OLED edge-to-edge display everybody's talking about? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Apple is going to call it. Uh, There have been some different ideas floated around. I don't know how much they're going to charge for it. Again, the the sort of rumors say, well, it's going to start at $1,000 or whatever. There does seem to be quite a bit of evidence to suggest that there will be this very special and extra expensive uh, iPhone with different features than we've seen before. I'm trying to reserve judgment. I I won't know what to think about it until I actually see it, but it certainly has the potential to be quite interesting. Would you buy one? Probably. You know, again, that's that's one of those things where I I can't... Tell me the story first, and then I'll make a decision. Like, I want to see if there's three models. I want to see what the specs and the prices on all three models are. And if I think there is enough of a benefit to paying however much the extra is for whatever the benefits of the higher-end model uh, are, then then great. But uh, I won't know till I know. I, I, I won't rule it out, um, but uh, we'll see. What do you think about these companies like a company called Fluent, which does market research? And they ask people, well, there's going to be this iPhone 8. Would you buy one? What if it was priced $1,000 or 1400 These are ridiculous questions, aren't they? Unannounced product, something that we don't know the final answer. This is a product of speculation. Would you buy one? Yeah. Tell tell me about the the rest of it. I mean, what's the camera like? How much storage does it have? What are the other features that are going to uh, blow me away that other iPhones don't have? Is it going to have a a face ID? How well is that going to work? Is it still going to have touch ID? If not, is that going to cause any problems? Like there's this whole long list of questions and I can't I can't answer what I buy it until I know what the answers to the questions are. And we will find out next week, I guess. That's right. Supposedly September 12th. Yep. We're going to find out all about what Apple has in store for us. And then they'll 
answer our questions. But right now, there's no way to do that. No way to do that at all. So anyway, as you see, Joe Kissel's doing a lot of work, a lot of fascinating books coming out for Take Control Books about Mac OS High Sierra, iOS 11. What else do you have coming out other than the new operating systems? Well, we're working on updates to books on Apple Mail, which we did not update for uh, Sierra and iOS 10 last year, and an updated book on iCloud. Um, in fact, I have a whole long list of books, um, not only books that I've written, but books that other people have written as well, that need updates. And we are going to work through them as fast as we can. Uh, we also have some new from scratch books in the pipeline that I'm not at liberty to talk about yet. But uh, suffice to say that uh, we are going to be busy. We have lots and lots of new and updated books coming out in the next few months. Uh, and uh, you know, just keep, keep checking in with TakeControlBooks.com and you'll see all kinds of cool stuff. Any regrets at all for taking it all on? No, I mean, I, I have not had an excess of free time since, uh, since this whole thing started. Um, and uh, there, there, my to-do list is <laughs> just ridiculously long. It's going to take a really, really, really long time to get myself and the business and all the infrastructure to where I would like it to be. But uh, I'm, I'm happy to be doing this job, and I, I think it will, will work out really well for me and for uh, all the other authors and editors. And uh, once we get over this sort of fall book release season that has so many, uh, so many titles and uh, get some certain infrastructure things uh, out of the way, I, I think there's uh, some really exciting things that, that we're going to be exploring in the next year or so. Maybe he'll take a rest cure, but I'm not sure. Joe Kissel, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And when your identity is hacked, it's a nightmare. Hi everyone, Paul with Liberty ID. Did you know that children are 52 times more likely to suffer from identity theft than adults? Is your family prepared? Identity monitoring will not fix the fallout. 
Liberty ID does. Here's an exciting offer for listeners to this station. Go to LibertyID.com and cover your entire family, your spouse, your children, and your parents for only $129 a year. That's right, $129 a year. Use promo code free trial and we'll give you the first 60 days free. That's LibertyID.com promo code free trial. Prepare your family for less than half what other companies charge for only monitoring. LibertyID.com promo code free trial. LibertyID.com, the name in identity theft restoration. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. So we're talking with somebody I must have known for maybe 20 years or so. And he never gets older. I saw him on Skype. And he looks the same as he did 20 years ago. I don't want to say what I look like, Larry O'Connor. But I'm still here. And my birthday's tomorrow. I'll be 176. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you. I don't look a day over 300. Let's get his book record there, hey? Well, something. I don't know. I think the reason I survive is there's a picture of me in the closet. It's getting older. And that's my secret. So before we go on with anything else, it's one of these classic stories. that You started Otherworld Computing. You were in high school back in the 80s. And what did your parents think of this? They didn't understand, to be quite honest. And uh, 
I was pretty focused on what I was what I was doing, where I was going with it. And honestly, I, I, I can honestly say I don't think I uh, even at that point had an inkling of you know what was ahead. You know, just had a passion for these systems, for looking at a, a better way and a, a more independent way to upgrade them and take them to their max, so to speak. And you know, that's kind of where where things headed. It certainly helped a third party business person when Apple traditionally overcharges for upgrades for everything. Yeah, well, and again, I mean, I'll be objective on the Apple side, not just Apple. I mean, way back in the day, it was these some of these dealers, you know, some of these service guys as well. I mean, the, one of the biggest you know, motivators for me, or I guess you say something that kind of got me going in this direction of watching this guy at his feet up on the table. I had to haul my computer in. I had to, I don't want to say hassle my parents, but it was, a, it was an hour and a half round trip to bring the bring my Apple into the store. And then, you know, when I figured out the time it took just to fill the paperwork out, you know, it was a greater period of time that it actually took to do the upgrade, which, by the way, I'd have to come back three days later to get. You know, he wouldn't do it. They didn't want you. I don't think they wanted you to know how simple it was what they were doing. But that kind of motivated me to say there's there's a better way, and I'm, I'm happy to uh, help others facilitate that better. And, and myself, I had limited budget, limited time. You know, why go through all that headache? You know, it's, you, know you got a, a relatively indifferent you know, support person that is overcharging on top of, you know, the Apple fee and everything else. And to be fair to Apple, I mean, I look at what Dell charges or HP charges. I mean, it's Apple is, is pretty well in line. It's a different model. It's a whole different purpose. But you know, that being said, it's it's great that, that we were able to offer uh, and continue to offer some alternatives to get, get people not just uh, some cost savings, but you know, more importantly, uh, even greater capabilities and greater uh, upgrades, and I should say greater options and the upgrades available to them. Now, it's interesting here. I did this comparison. You're mentioning it. Apple is not the only company to charge a high price for things like drives or memory upgrades. I went to Dell's site, and in almost every upgrade I checked, Dell was in $30 within $30 of Apple. So it's pretty clear to me they are all watching one another when they set these prices. They're not set in vacuums. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd go as far to say that there's you know collusion and or well, not collusion, awareness. And I even question the awareness, but I mean, I think for them, I mean, these are our base configurations. If we're going to upgrade, I mean, again, it's a whole different support warranty model, qualification model that, you know, Apple has. You know, and it's it's a margin center for me. It's no different than it is on the iPhone going from, you know, 32 to 64. It doesn't cost anywhere near what, you know, what that upcharge is. But to them, I mean, it's like it's upgrading capability. So it's a different model, different pricing point. But you know, I agree that there's probably some awareness at the same time, it, it just a, you know it fits into a different calculation than uh, you know we, you know that we would uh, certainly come at. Now, looking at this, the thing that bothers me and a lot of people is that Apple has, in recent years, made it more and more difficult to upgrade something. Is there a reason behind that? Do you think that Apple does it that way? Is this something that makes it easier for them to make it thinner and lighter by eliminating that, or is it a matter of reliability? What? Uh, it is certainly, uh, I think, in a lot of ways, design-driven and uh, even manufacturing efficiency-driven. You know, I look at the you know, the iMac is a, a pretty good example. Going back to 2010, when they started to use, you know, they, they kind of started to go away from, uh, you know, the uh, they went away from their own thermal sensors, started using the sensors that were on the drives. They tried to get the hard drive companies all standardized on the same uh, connector for the thermal uh, center, the thermal data outline. But they didn't, and what you had in 2010 was a situation where if a customer had a hard drive fail and they took it into Apple service for you know, warranty replacement, unless they had the exact brand drive and capacity that the factory installed, the factory was using you know, multiple drives, it wasn't just a, uh, 
well, my, none of the iMac is it's not the most easy machine to work on in the first place, but it went from being already kind of a time-involved uh, upgrade or replacement to an even more involved where the, the launch board had to come out so they could replace the entire cable harness. Uh, they didn't have a, they ship, the system shipped with a, a Seagate drive, and they had WD in the service center. Then it, it was not just a drive replacement, it would be a whole uh, cable harness replacement. Or the flip side is to make sure that they could support all customers at all times. They'd have to stock all brands of drives in all capacities. So when the hard drive manufacturers didn't get you know, together and say, okay, fine, we'll use the same size pins for the uh, for the thermal, the data was no problem. It was the pin size. Apple said, you know what, forget you guys. You know, We're going to give you custom firmware. You support that. We already have our own firmware on these things. And in the firmware, instead of using the read-write light for uh, access, because it's an internal drive, we don't need that. You know, we're going to use those pinouts, which are on the power side. We're going to use we're going to use those pinouts to uh, control, or just rather say, pulse us the thermal data. Great idea it means now they don't have this one less cable they got to connect, or having their you know, two this less copper they got to have in those lines. It's a it's an easier uh, build. It doesn't matter what uh, drive the customer has, you know, when they go in for service. But now nothing off the shelf works. You know, you plug in a third party uh, standard drive of, of any brand model, and because well, it's 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 programmed to. With standard firmware that does read-write, Apple then get thermal data, so it fails diagnostic and fans rev and everything goes haywire. So it did, it you know, it was we were happy to have an alternative solution, an inline adapter that does. It's actually got a got one of the first PC processors on it. Actually, a, a, certainly a, a derivative of it's actually got an 8080, a modern 8088 processor that does digital monitoring of, of temperature through our sensor and provides SMC with the digital data that it needs. In other so, words, your engineers had to really work hard. But let's get back sure. before we go into do, the current again, stuff. It's a short answer to your question. You know, they did this because this, this improved their manufacturing, improved the serviceability, reduced the complexity. It absolutely made it much harder and, well, a little more, uh, you know, most people expect replacement. It made it harder on the customer, but it wasn't intended. And then you get to the the next version, you know, I think the 2012 IMAX, they're Beautiful, but it's. I think it's funny that you really can't tell, you know, from the front that they're thinner. Yeah, you, know, you really, unless you look at the side of the machine, it's, you know, you're not really, you know, amazed at how thin it is. And it's still just as thick in the middle. But here's a case where they, instead of having something that was very easy to service for their dealers, their their service centers, as well as for the customer, now they glue the screens on. And yeah, that's. Now it's not a big deal actually anymore. Cutting with the right tools, and we provide a, a pizza cutter type tool now with all of our kits. It, it certainly induces more fear. Factor, uh, you know, the, the method is required to do the service on these systems. But Apple doesn't do things for us or for the end user for serviceability. They do it for, unfortunately, in a lot of cases, it's form over function, and and that's really, uh, I think that that's what drives them more than anything else. And these super these blaze machines that are super thin, you know, they get everything glued in, soldered in, I and mean, it's it's far less than ideal. But now it's 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 almost along the lines of this is what we want it to look like. This is the size and the parameters you have to work with engineering. How do you get what you? How do you get performance and capability into that space so that you know, we've got the thinnest, slickest you know, system uh, in the universe? <laughs> Let's go back to that in a moment. I want to get back to that early history. Okay, so it starts out for something to do to make it easier for Larry O'Connor to upgrade his Mac. At some point, you make it a business. Where did you do that? Did you go to college or did you just start this in high school and just say, this is it, I'm going to continue? Yeah, I went to college for a couple years. Actually, I had a choice and uh, it was about 94 to either continue uh, my college education or put my time into OWC. And ultimately, I, I could do both successfully. 
not the way things were. I mean, I was, I'll be honest, I was burning out. I was going back and forth, driving back and forth between Marquette, love Marquette, great school. I mean, it was a, a definitely uh, the two years I was there uh, were, you know, very, uh, I'd say, uh, very important and very uh, beneficial. But ultimately, uh, I chose to focus on OWC, and I, I would say that was the uh, the right choice. We got more to talk about. Larry O'Connor, Otherworld Computing, been doing the peripherals and accessories thing back since the 1980s. Where to come on the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. You want to save money in a place that gives you growth, control, and certainty without stock market risk or tax risk, and you want guarantees and you want it all tax-free. That's a tall order. But you can get all of that with properly designed participating whole life insurance. Most people think life insurance pays after you're dead. That's true. But you can have tax-free access to use your life insurance while you're alive. Get the free book to find out how. Call 702-660-7000. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Does the current world crisis in North Korea or our domestic crisis right here in America concern you? Well, I know it concerns me. My friends over at Legacy Food Storage have solutions in the event there's the inevitable. What's the inevitable? Civil unrest, a run on your local grocery store. And here's my question to you. If this happens, how do you feed your children? How do you feed your grandchildren? Legacy Food Storage has the solutions. In fact, they can help you implement a simple plan to take care of your needs in the event 
event of the inevitable. By calling them right now, I have authorized them to give you a special 20% discount at checkout by simply using GCN. Call 888-543-7345 or visit them at LegacyFoodStorage.com. That's 888-543-7345 or visiting them at LegacyFoodStorage.com. Make sure you use GCN at checkout for an incredible 20% discount. Don't be a victim. Take control of your life now. Did you know children are 52 times more likely to suffer from identity theft than adults? Credit alerts will not fix the fallout. Liberty ID does, and here's an exciting offer just for you. Go to LibertyID.com and cover your entire family, your spouse, your children, and your parents for only $129 a year. Use promo code FREETRIAL and we'll give you the first 60 days free. That's LibertyID.com, promo code FREETRIAL. LibertyID.com. LibertyID.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Back with Larry O'Connor. I guess I've known him for probably 20 years. I used to talk to him briefly over at the Macworld Expos, where this young guy, you think it's a college guy and he's doing this and that's his business. Anyway, so is was there a point in time here, Larry, before we get on to more current stuff, a point in time where your parents said, you know what, this is okay? You know, they always supported, uh, how do you say, uh, they didn't say you can't do this, you can't do that. And I really wasn't impacting or uh, uh, causing any uh, issue for Third day, they, you know, during high school, I'll be honest, I, you know, I, I maintained okay grades. I didn't, I put in the minimal effort to, you know, keep the keep the B's and maybe a few A minuses here and there, kind of gig. It wasn't my my first passion. My first passion, you know, was certainly focused on this business. But nonetheless, no, my parents, you know, let me uh, let me follow. Uh, I guess, you know, my intuition, my impulse, and, and the dream. And I, I, I got to give them thanks for not saying this. You know, this guy's out of his mind. You know, what's I can we can't let him do this. He's not even eighteen. But no, they, uh, I, I say they certainly were supportive uh, in terms of not being restrictive. If it's not and, too personal, uh, what kind of businesses are they in? Uh, my mom, uh, how'd I say, and you know, she's you know, college, college educated. You know, she, uh, you know, she was business uh, before she met my dad, but in terms of her degree, but she ended up, she stayed home and she raised us. My dad was in the, the paper industry, but you know, to his credit, you know, very early on, uh, he uh, adopted technology, really embraced technology. He had a, a TRS-80, or finally known as a Trash-80, back in the, the late 70s, uh, beginning of the, uh, the 80s. I actually got the program on that machine before I even had a, a Mac. And my first programming was on a, on a TRS-80. I got to help him with a program to convert uh, uh, standard tons to metric tons. I, I was lucky to have exposure to technology. And the biggest thing that you know, got me into computers, you know, my folks, it, it totally random. I have all the things to win. I mean, they were giving away, um, I mean, umbrellas and other door prices and whatnot. You know, they drew a ticket at a uh, at an event and they came home with an Atari 400 XL with a with a cassette deck. You know, how to say for uh, for storing your programs. And my mom would let me play games on it. She got me. She yeah, bought the, the some of the different programs and tools that would teach me programming. So living in the country, now there's probably where I was, you know, not including my dad's computer. There might have been another computer, you know, three miles away. There was no tech in Marengo, Illinois. There was it was definitely not a, a how to say a, a haven or a haven be the wrong word, but a, a center of technological uh, 
they say a wonder. I mean, there was this was cornfields and you know and soy fields and whatnot. I mean, livestock and country. So it was it's, it was quite a a fortuitous. I consider really really lucky. Uh, you know the different things that you know would end up happening that they got me onto a technology path. And my dad again, he embraced technology, used technology in his business. So I was exposed to it there, had access to it to it there. And as I developed my own skill set, I was able to. There's things I could do for him, and uh, I got to, he got to see what I could do at a at a relatively early age, and at the same time, I had opportunities to kind of test, explore, and you know, it was a good exposure. I worked for my dad since I was about you know, seven years old, and the work ethic and, the, and just the general experience from being in a, in a business environment you know, shaped me uh, you know, substantially. Parents sound like terrific people. Very, very lucky. My mom you know, got rest her soul. I mean, it's you know, the, the things she did when I was a kid that make, you know, make sure that you know, actually you know, focused on Doing things versus just you know playing with the uh, you know playing the games and whatnot that you know, my friends with the regular Atari consoles were doing they had really cool games for Atari for hundred XL too but nonetheless she and my dad both uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for. You mentioned one thing here and I've really not talked about it too much on the Tech Night Out Live but maybe because people like you and I would go to Radio Shacks back in the seventies and eighties and buy stuff. What killed Radio Shack? Is it because they never grew beyond the 70s and 80s and never embraced the current technology? You know, that's a, a good question. And uh, arguably, I mean, they didn't adapt to certainly the changing times. But from a, a model point of view, I think they tried to do too much in places where they didn't have expertise and good understanding and, and weren't in the market. They, it wasn't the right market for them. It, you know, it's, it, you know, when you're a private company, you, know, you can make decisions that are more long term when you're you know, publicly traded or have you know private equity or other uh, I guess you say uh, ownership involved you know beyond the the founders and and the, and the management team of the organization you know, sometimes you know there's a big drive for you know growth has to be XYZ you know the bottom line has to be you know how to say this and unfortunately it can artificially it can create decisions that you know might uh, attain short-term goals but they threaten the long term and Ultimately, I think Radio Shack. I mean, they. It was certainly sad to see uh, you know, that institution you know, fade and, and well go bankrupt for all practical purposes. But ultimately, I, I did go back, and it, it's just the call it the modern pressures of of a, a quarterly driven uh, you know, economic system. Well, one you kind of look at something like a Radio Shack, which I don't know how many stores they have left. You look at a Sears, and I grew up. Sears was the catalog and the catalog store. Today, Sears is basically a real estate operation. Sure. And they got a CEO that lives in Florida that doesn't even, uh, I don't think he even goes in person to, uh, to their meetings. Probably knows nothing about the business. And of course, they're selling off all the traditional brands. You know, we would buy Kenmore washing machines and dryers, and they were great things, you know, great appliances. You buy one of those Sears appliances, they lasted forever. They were well built, well reviewed. And now they just sell off the divisions to everybody. It's just cash it was, exchange. Yeah, well, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And now you got you know, really an organization that's taking the easy way out. I have to say, I, you know, I've, it's been a couple of years since I've walked into a series, but the last time I walked in there, you know, I, and I only walked it actually was entrance to a, it just happened to be the easiest way to get into a mall store, the Apple store was. But you know, I got into the door and you know, I had to walk through the entire store. And you now there are reps out, you know, chatting amongst themselves. I stopped and looked at something I thought was interesting and you know, nobody came over. It's just, they're not focused on uh, on what used to be their business. I mean, here's I mean, there's you got to go up and talk to customers, and I think there's again, as you talk about it, it's just a shift in focus. They've got leadership that's turned it into something 
that certainly isn't retail focused. And not to say that's a, a challenging space that requires, I mean, embracing you know, the online and the offline portions, but is a culture just the way the stores run. Yeah, you know, I honestly walk in there, you don't even feel like they want to be in business. Surely that was my uh, impression of the store I walked through. Probably through most of them, that most of these people don't care. It's just a job. Getting back to your thing, we were talking briefly about Apple and making it difficult for their own reasons to upgrade the Macs. And we should point out something because you might remember this. You sent me a one terabyte SSD for a 2009, late 2009 iMac. Mm -hmm. And you get the front off with suction cups, get the glass piece off. If you're careful, it took less than an hour. To do it, you had to be careful about the wiring harnesses and everything. Got to be clear, the suction cup, the, the, you know, on the 2009 to 2011, uh, actually, actually, I think it's actually prior to 2011, quite honestly, it's a uh, magnetic glass. You use the suction cups to pull it off, but it's magnetic. The egg, you get a glass, sure. a glass protector that's on by magnets, and then you can get, you know, then you can remove the LCD and everything you know, once you pull the glass off. Right. Anyway. But that was the tool you used. But mm-hmm. now they've got so thin that you've got a pull apart the adhesive, of course I'd never do it. But you do make it possible if somebody says, you know, I don't like the drive that's in there. I want the Fusion drive. I want a pure SSD, and you have them up to like two terabytes. And I want to do this myself. You do make it possible for a normal person with normal dexterity and skills to do this thing, right? Oh, yeah. In fact, yeah, every iMac, we've got support for every iMac 2009 to the the current uh, 2017 model in terms of taking that screen off and replacing the drive. And just as a, a really a, a point to, to make, it's not even they have just a fusion. I mean, a lot of people just have drives. I mean, never mind even upgrading, just the serviceability. Hard drives fail. They do. I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, at some point, you know, the odds are your drive is going to fail, whether it's at two years or five years. That's the part that fails, most likely. And these machines are built to go for the long, I mean, Apple builds, you know, really good hardware. And I can't say that enough. I mean, even in, in different points, different points of my you know, career path, I, you know, Apple's done things that haven't always made me happy. And I wake up one day and say, you know, it's time to go PC. Okay? So we got to shift our focus to the PC because Apple is so closed and, you know, they restricted limiting. I mean, they put up this barrier, that barrier. And then like I guess you go play the PC laptops. I'm like, look what you get for, you know, 1200 bucks compared to Apple's $2,500 machine. And then you actually go play with it and go, okay, yeah, look what you get for $1,200. What a piece of crap. Forget the OS. Even the OS was Mac OS. It's like, okay, I, I get it. Arguably, you would pay pretty close money on a PC to have, in terms of quality and longevity, a machine that, as well as Apple builds. You pay a premium for Apple, but at the scale Apple's at, it's, it's hard to match them in quality. So to the point on the, the opening of these machines up, you know, if your hard drive fails on, a, on your iMac, let's say you bought a 2012 iMac and just the drive fails, you know, and it's three years later, two years later, it doesn't really matter. When you go to the Apple store and, you know, want them, want them to replace it, it's a, a fixed cost to replace it. It's only a couple hundred bucks. But whatever drive capacity you bought originally, if it was a 500 gig even, you know, if it's one terabyte, a little, little bit better, that's what they're going to put in there. You can't even upgrade. You can't say, hey, I want a three terabyte. Now you guys have three terabyte. You know, you ship three terabyte for my model. Can I, can I? You know, as long as I got to replace it, can I at least upgrade to the three terabyte? That's not even an option. I want to ask sure. you about that. More to come with Larry O'Connor of Otherworld Computing on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today.
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So let me get this straight here to understand. I buy an iMac with a terabyte drive. The drive goes bad, I can't say, you know what, I'll give you $100 extra, whatever it is, put the three in there. No, we can't put the three in there. That's the way it is? That's the way it is. And they can't even just do it if you say, look, I'll pay you to open the darn thing up. But you can go, for example, if you don't want to do it yourself, you can go to a third-party shop and they can do whatever you want. Correct. And yeah, the third-party shops, you know, the, the, one, the good ones, they stock our, uh, our iMac drive compatibility kit, which takes you the SMC thermals. Because the only there's only two other ways to uh, to put a, a non Apple firmware drive into an iMac. If you're going to have just an SSD only machine with no hard drive, you would actually intend to do this. But you short the thermal line. SMC sees the uh, you know the you know the, the solid uh, signal as an indication that that's it. Being told there is no hard drive in the bay, I'm not going to thermally monitor or cool that bay. So that's one way to do it. Unfortunately, you put a hard drive in that bay and you don't have fan control over that bay, you will have an overheating drive that will cook your iMac and itself. The other solution is to install third-party software, which actually has a cost. And every time an OS update comes out, you typically have to update. The pain point the OS update is, you even have to reinstall from scratch. So we have a solution that's you know one, one and done. You, know, you install it in line and gives, uh, most importantly, now, unlike any software solution, it actually gives SMC that thermal data that it's looking for so that it can do its job 
as opposed to having to depend on third-party utility. Plus, unlike anything else, period, it also 100% passes Apple Diagnostics. So with our solution in there, Apple Diagnostics pass as opposed to now using that software, which the software will let you control the fans, but it, it's a fail on the, the diagnostic side because it doesn't replace SMC. Okay, this may be complicated, but it's basically saying they've got the hardware that allows it to function as a regular Apple drive, even though it's a third-party drive, without hacks or silly stuff. But let's go into this further and the reason why I thought about this. So I have, say, a iMac with a three-terabyte Fusion drive. And I've read about all the wonders of the Apple file system. And we talked about it in the previous segment, Larry, with Joe Kissel, who currently owns Take Control Books. We talked about the Mac OS High Sierra. And the confusion here about the fact that if you have a solid-state drive, just a solid-state drive on your Mac, it upgrades automatically. If it's a regular hard drive or a Fusion drive, it may or may not be upgradable right now with the state of the beta, which I realize, granted, can be a source of unending confusion. But I'm sure you've played with it. Can Apple file system be used with... A fusion drive because it's the combination of a hard drive and a solid state. Yeah, of course, absolutely. And in terms of the beta, you know, I can't comment on things. It, it, there's a little bit of what I can talk about, but you know, this is a brand new file system, Apple's first new file system, and God, I believe it's almost 20 years. To, how to say a long period of time? So it's it's you know anything that Apple puts in the field, even in beta, you know, they want it to have a reasonable level of reliability. Plus, they don't want things being played with early, or even us developers, you know, basing. You know, certain designs that you know we may have in mind for some of our drivers, some of our software systems, on something that could still be in a state of flux. So, you know, we're going to see the release here. I, I believe we're going to see the release. I mean, we I have no no knowledge or no advance notice of the exact release date, but certainly within the next, you know, call it four to eight weeks, three to eight weeks, we'll see Sierra out there, and I'm sure it will have these issues addressed. So right now, the fact that on the three terabyte Fusion drive on some computers you cannot upgrade or convert to APFS, you kind of expect Apple will get that ready for the final release. Fusion's a huge uh, you know, piece of Apple's, you know, I'd say, OS, I'd say performance hardware strategy. So, yeah, I would be absolutely shocked if in the Golden Master release we didn't have the Fusion support that we're talking about here. Do you have any insights beyond what you're telling us that you can't talk about? Well, that's always possible. <laughs> we have several software solutions, software uh, uh, applications that, I would say, depend on, uh, there's a lot of change, I guess I should say, coming with 10.13. And we're certainly uh, you know, very much in the throes, uh, I would say, ensuring that everything that you know, we need to see happen is happening for those software applications as well. And I know Apple is, is busting their tail to, to bring out you now it's going to be a, a great OS. I like 10.13 because it's uh, APFS is, is a big leap forward in terms of the new file system, but you know, I'm excited that 10.13 also is you know, designed to be a step up in its high Sierra. It's it's a step up from Sierra. It's not completely reinventing every other wheel you know, when it comes out. Now, just to point out something about compatibility, I have a 2010 17-inch MacBook Pro, and that's probably one of the oldest configurations supported for high Sierra. I think the only older one is the 2009, the late 2009 iMac. Now, it's got a 500 gigabyte SSD from Otherworld Computing, which I put in there. It was I think the only problem I had was keeping track of those tiny little screws that Apple provides. Right on. Boy, 
I had to get extras. I had to beg their people to send me a couple of extras because I couldn't find it. Finally, I found them in the carpet, so I have a few extras. Okay. Now, I installed the third or fourth public beta of High Sierra on it, converting to APFS, perfect conversion, fully recognized as a functioning drive, no problem, whatever. So the point is, whatever you do to make Apple recognize that device is compatible, absolutely works from my personal experience. It's sitting right here and it's still working. I'd love to do the Fusion Drive on my iMac and we'll see what happens when Apple gets it out. But I'm wondering here also, the Fusion Drive is the great compromise where you have the small solid-state drive for frequently used data and you have the big hard drive for storage. Ultimately, we really want to switch to all SSD, don't we? Uh, you know, if there's good management, you know, we've actually got a technology. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I mean, Fusion, you know, we, we see it. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a really, uh, I'd say, uh, it's an impressive technology, uh, all things you know, being considered at the same time. You know, we, and we're, again, we've talked about this for a few years. We're, we're, we will someday bring it out and it'll come out there. But in terms of the great compromise, the one thing I don't like about Fusion, if there's any kind of hiccup with the SSD or with the hard drive, you know, that entire fusion drive volume can can go down. And the worst part is that as you have a hardware failure, getting data recovered is really challenging just because of how the uh, the fusion and the you know the SSD and the, the hard drive are linked. You know, the uh, the transwarp technology that you know, we intend to bring forth, which you know, puts together a uh, an SSD as well with a hard drive, but it actually uses the drive. The SSD is purely a, a, a replicated cache drive. Now, everything that's on the SSD also lives on the hard drive, you know, and it's a little more algorithmic in terms of what it keeps, and there's some adjustments in terms of how you optimize, but the intention is to allow a more dynamic uh, presence of useful data, active data, OS files, uh, you know, I had to say files and edit, you know, things you're calling upon more often to stay on the SSD and things that are more archived to stay on the hard drive. Fusion uh, frees up, I believe it's four gigabytes, but effectively... Fusion, you fill up the SSD. As soon as the SSD is full, you know, it migrates uh, four gigabytes of data that it sees as the least uh, accessed over to the hard drive, and that's an ongoing thing. So it's it's not as it's not as dynamic. And then the other benefit that you know, we would see in, a, in our transfer configuration, should the uh, how to say should you ever have the SSD, just something breaks, you know, the SSD goes down, or even the hard drive goes down. You know, it doesn't matter which device fails. You know, in the case of the hard drive the full record of data is on the hard drive. So recoverability isn't an issue of you know, mapping out what parts on the SSD and what blocks are on the, the drive. Everything is in one place and it's a much more recoverable volume because things happen. I mean, it can be a physical event. It could be a, it could be a flood. It could be you know, something that, you know, from an external influence that took out your devices. Fusion data recovery is, is challenging. And you now backups are the number one best way to uh, prevent any you know, headaches. I had to say, should you have a, a harbor problem? But, it still amazes me how, how many people operate without backup. And I don't just mean backup to the cloud. Actually, a friend of mine, she lost all of her, uh, she lost two years of, of, of baby photos because she thought everything was up on the cloud and it said it was. And when they had a device fail, her iPhone failed, you know, they found out that none of the, even though it said it was doing whatever it was supposed to do with the cloud, none of the, uh, none of the photos were accessible. We've got more to come with Larry O'Connor. Fascinating stories there. Let's have Fluky more. Things happen. I'm always, you know, I'd rather be, you know, when it's data, when it's things that are not replaceable. That are- I got to do the break, Larry. Okay, so we'll talk about it on the other end. 
More to come on the Tech Night Now Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-765-9681 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-765-9681. Again, that's 800-765-9681. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Are you one of the 70% of Americans that want to own your own business, afraid to leave the security of your current job to pursue your dreams? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and myself want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current job schedule, creating an extra income for you and your family by joining his crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. 
Actual testimonials from real Numana customers. I've tried all kinds of food storage, and Numana is by far the best. I'm a single mom with two teenage boys and a full-time job. I don't always have time to cook a four-course meal. That's where Numana's been such a blessing. I can spend less time in the kitchen and more time on what matters most, like helping with homework. Find out for yourself. Order online at thepowermall.com. That's thepowermall.com. Numana is... Powermall.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So you see from Larry's personal experience there how important backups are. And I always talk the backup religion here, Larry O'Connor. So here's my current backup. I have one external drive with the time machine backup. I have another external drive with the carbon copy cloner clone backup. I then have an offsite backup. I hope I'm reasonably safe. And I think of the people, for example, in the Houston area in Texas, hundreds of thousands of people, flooded homes, flooded computers, got to be a mess over there, expecting the same as we speak, possibly in parts of Florida and other countries. So we see this firsthand that you can't just live on one backup. You've got to have probably more than one and local and offsite would be the best, right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, if something happens, if it's a physical event, if all your backup, all your eggs in one basket, that basket goes down, now you're going to be in an expensive process to hopefully get that data back, if it's even recoverable. Got to hope, hope for the best, plan for the worst. And data storage is so inexpensive today. You know, the cloud is great. I mean, that's, I think that's a good tertiary backup, but nothing beats having a good local backup and a backup that you rotate offsite. So that, you know, worst comes to worst, you know, you, that data is someplace else safe. Now, we were talking about this before, Larry, about the Fusion Drive, considering an SSD. Now, to show you the difference here, Apple charges, I think, $1,400 for the two terabyte SSD upgrade. You're something like $800 for a two terabyte SSD. And it may vary a little bit. You may need a kit or something else. If someone has a three terabyte Fusion Drive, and they're not filling it near, Hey, Gene, we, we should also know that's $1,400 just to upgrade to the 2-terabyte. That's no, not I understand just to buy it. No, it's, you're not <laughs> buying something. This is just to buy the product from Apple. That's, you already have this drive. That's just to pay for more capacity. I mean, it's, it's yeah, comparative to the cost of buying it, it's, it's crazy. Anyway. <laughs> no, we get the point here. We're talking about a $600 difference. Is it better if you're not using all the space to ditch the Fusion and go all SSD? Certainly be easier to convert to APFS, you won't have the vagaries of fusion drives and the problem if one of the two mechanisms go. Wouldn't that be a better choice? You can keep all your active stuff, everything you need, you know, within the confines of whatever capacity SSD, absolutely positively. It's quiet. You know, there's no moving parts. It's going to be much faster. You never hit that, you know, that, that fusion wall when you, you consume the four uh, gigabytes and now it's slowing down anyway in the hard drive. Yeah, for sure. All sorts of good reasons to be uh, SSD and you know, speed and efficiency, probably the, the main thing. And it's a single volume, uh, all sorts of all sorts of positives. Now, when we look at the- capacities here, and the largest capacities currently are mostly two. Is there a three or four in our near future? 
Uh, we expect so. We we have a four terabyte in testing right now. So there's depends what you define as the near future, but certainly uh, within the next call it three to six months. I mean, part of the challenge has been the uh, you know, just working with the controllers and what's been changing in the the flash industry. Everything is going through architectural revision, update, and, and I guess you could say enhancement as densities move up and geometries change. So it's always an interesting time. It's always an exciting time in the the flash industry. And yeah, that uh, add a shortage to that mix and. You know, that's one of the other things is potentially uh, somewhat limited uh, you know, the higher capacities, mostly because with higher price points and higher flash costs, it limits the marketability for you know controller manufacturer to want to support us on uh, you know, some of the hooks that we need to be able to go from two or two up to four terabytes. So there's a zillion different factors, but yes, at this point in time, uh, it is safe to say that four terabytes is pretty close around the corner in a uh, single device. Plus, we got some really amazing external uh, uh, solid-state devices that will go in the even more near future uh, up to uh, eight terabytes coming for plug-and-play. That's Thunderbolt 3, I, I must say, but there's a lot of exciting uh, exciting flash solutions coming down the kind of coming down the pipe, and I think 2018 we're going to also see flash prices start to get back into a, a better uh, better trend again. If the consortium with uh, Apple ends up getting to Shiba, that certainly helps Apple. But, you know, the challenges in flash supply are, are more along the lines of just more. You know, there's such great demand coming mainly from mobile. I mean, mobile growth and the, I say the, uh, the acceleration or the increase in capacity per mobile device, you know, is, is grown so, so quickly that it overwhelmed just the available supply. And that, that was our number one problem, just not having enough, just the capacity. Apple went from, you know, they moved everything from 16 to 32. You know, a lot of the other companies out there, you know, they, they follow Apple, whether they were eight and they went to 16 or, or, or followed Apple to the, the new basis. But ultimately, everybody wants more storage. Pictures are getting, photos are getting bigger. Yeah, we have video going to 4K, the demand. And you're producing a zillion of these phones. And, you know, that's, had a major impact. It actually impacted uh, memory prices. You know, these, you know, especially on the Android side, where there's, you know, they're not as that OS is simply not as efficient as the iOS, and they it needs more memory, quite frankly, to match Apple's performance. You know, even with the same uh, you know, kind of processor I/O. So you saw another. There's a doubling, more than a doubling, in some cases of memory being put standard on these Android devices, and that's what drove uh, DDR3 prices up. It's it's pretty crazy, but mobile. Is I mean the, the growth and the growth of con- in consumption of both memory and uh, and flash components and the the mobile mainly you know, the mobile phone smartphone space has been absolutely nuts over the last couple of years. So that's kept prices from really going down. Is there a point though where like today I'm paying eight hundred dollars for the two terabyte drive? Is there a point where I can go and buy a two terabyte drive for two hundred dollars? Is that a pipe dream in the near future? Uh, near future, I'd say that's a pipe dream. For a lot of different reasons. I mean, down the road, of course, but I mean, we're, we're, I would say that we're a good distance off, off from a $200, uh, two terabyte. Well, I certainly look forward to it. Definitely, I, I mean, yeah. it's, it's in, it's in all of it. We, we're all for better, you know, lower costs on these things. And I wish we could build our own flash uh, components, but you know, those billion dollar fabs just don't, uh, it's hard to get the, uh, I don't have the check the right to, to do that and the technology and the patents and everything else, but. Now, even if it was, well, first of all, from a, you know, the demand that would exist on flash capacity, if today there's a two terabyte, $200, I mean, we'd be, you know, it's just, unfortunately, we're not, it's more ways off from that. It'll get there, though. It will, everything will get there. I mean, heck, another couple of years, that's why, and, you know, you bring that up, 
Now, while it's not going to be $200 a year from now, it's certainly going to be a lot less than it is today, I'm sure, a year from now, whether we're talking, you know, I don't think, I don't know that we're going to quite have it in a year, but we'll probably see it, you know, call it $500 in a year. And going back to Apple and, you know, these soldered upgrades, you know, the biggest thing that bugs me about that is I don't need two terabytes today. And just as if I'm a customer, I know I'm going to want it. I may need it tomorrow. But if I want to have it so I don't have to replace my computer tomorrow, I have to spend the higher cost today, even though tomorrow it might be a four terabyte drive that I can get, that it's going to mean in two years, it might be four terabytes for that $1,400 upgrade. So I'm in a rock and a hard place. I buy a computer I have to replace because, you know, because I didn't buy enough capacity or I have to pay more today for the capacity I'm going to need tomorrow, even though it's going to be worth a lot less tomorrow because the actual flash cost is going to become lower. So it's, there's a lot of different, uh, a lot of different things going on in terms of some of the, uh, the choice points. And the last thing, of course, is you know, most, there's still a lot of folks that haven't realized that that flash, that drive is soldered. And it's a real rude awakening when you walk into the store and say, hey, I love my machine. I got it six months ago. I'm, I'm running out of space. I only got a 256. Now, can I get an upgrade to a, now, can I go to 512 or a terabyte? And they say, wouldn't you like a new computer? We've got more to come with Larry O'Connor on the Tech Night Now Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com. Virtual care anywhere. Heart disease is on the rise. Clogged arteries, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol levels may not be fully detected by you, but the symptoms are there. Loss of energy, blood sugar spikes and drops, poor circulation, and irregular heartbeat are just a few of these that can alert you that something is wrong. Hear how heart and body extract is making a difference in thousands of people's lives across America. My blood pressure has normalized. My diabetes has totally improved. Everyone is telling me now how much healthier I look, and I'm everyone how much healthier I feel. I recommend heart and body extract to everyone. Anybody over 40 in the North American continent should be using this product as a preventative to keep their cardiovascular system healthy. Order your two-month supply today by calling 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. Or order online, hbextract.com. Heart and body extract, 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. 
Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Now, I understand the considerations here in terms of manufacturing, Larry. They want to make everything slim, light, and that goes above everything else. But we're talking about someone here who they can't afford the 16 gigabytes of RAM. They bought eight. That's what they can afford today. They can't afford 512 gigabytes of storage. They bought 256. And as you say, the dilemma. Why does Apple make this soldered? Is it really that much of a problem to have it that you can just plug it in? You know, arguably there's, oh, is it that much of a problem? But the short answer is no. I mean, the, the short answer is no. I mean, it, it is spaced now. It's socketed. And it also means, you know, a customer opening the computer. And that's something they really would prefer, I guess, not happen. But call them their control freaks. Now, that, if nothing else, I mean, it is a space consideration. Depending upon the machine, that's not an excuse on the iMac 21 and a half inch. You know, thankfully, they haven't taken memory access away uh, off of the 27-inch models. But it's it maybe a little bit easier. There's less. I mean, you do reduce the probability of somebody, you know, messing something up. But if that really is the reasoning behind doing something along those lines, it's, you know, you're basically looking at, you know, this tiny little 1% of 1% that create a problem. And it's at the cost and expense of, you know, the other 99.9% that, you know, this works out just fine for. It also hurts their aftermarket. Apple wants folks to be buying new machines every couple of years, from what I understand. And, you know, there are people who historically have done that. And Apple machines really 
historically have held their value really well, although we're seeing a lot more value depreciation on the newer machines now, except for, except for when they make a major change. Everybody wants the last model because they don't like the new model. Putting that uh, example off to the side, when Apple has everything soldered, when things are harder to upgrade or you can't upgrade at all, the issue, the reason that you know, customer A is selling their 256 gateway equipped touch bar Mac to get a get one with a bigger drive is you know, that well that limitation is going to exist for the new buyer and with again every day storage needs going up it makes that machine a lot less appealing to anybody looking at it so that the value goes down as opposed to something where hey they know they can upgrade the memory they know they can upgrade the storage you know maybe the person who first bought it doesn't want to do those things that's that's the case with a lot of folks but hey they can get a decent dollar for it and the next person who buys it you know will take care of that. Now, they've taken away that option, and it's going to be really, really interesting to see just what happens. And I know there's still a lot of shock and uh, negativity you know, from folks when they buy this $2,500, 15-inch machine and find out you now too late that the way they bought it is the way they're, they're stuck with it. There's, there's The only way to upgrade is you know, the upgrade path when you walk to the Apple store is, we, well, here's the next model that you can buy with a bigger drive. So it's, it's kind of tough. But at least Apple has done things with embracing new technologies that give you options. So we have, for example, the USB-C and the Thunderbolt 3. What opportunities does that give someone like you? Again, I love Apple. I think they, you know, they're typically ahead of the curve on a lot of the things that they do. But the new MacBook Pros with just the Type-C ports, you know, those, are, those Type-C ports are universal for Thunderbolt 3 or for USB, say, 3.1. But only having Type C ports on these machines has left you know folks in a kind of a lurch where you know most devices you know today are still not Type C, and as a result you have to have dongles and adapters for all you know all these other I won't say legacy I mean you know previously existing you know, older peripherals as well as peripherals still being made today, and that's uh, you know kind of created a headache and you know of course we're on the scene we have a travel dock that you know, gives people USB Type A's and video and Ethernet. We have our Thunderbolt 3 dock, which has been raved as the best dock out there by a number of folks, actually. Guy Kawasaki uh, actually has a few of them, and he's uh, been, uh, how to say, uh, cheering its, uh, its good points, which is pretty awesome. He likes our dock, and we, we appreciate that, and as, as well as now the, uh, the 10,000-plus strong that are using our dock out there, which gives you every port. There's a few ports that those machines should still have. I could not believe they took away the, the SDHD reader off of them. I don't know if you remember, Gene, when they first put the uh, the SDHD readers, I'm sorry, the SD readers rather, on the, the uh, laptops back. I think it was year 2010 or 2011. For just that simple addition of that, you know, that media reader port, they got raves. I mean, honestly, I just missed this thing. I was so, so used to it not being there and you know, using other stuff. You know, I didn't even think about it. You know, it. It took me a moment to say, oh, yeah, man, all these folks, you got cameras, you're in the field. I mean, not having to have an adapter that, to transfer your, your video, your pictures was fantastic but they took that port away off the new machines so apple gives us opportunities when they take things away but i think it's it, it still is a, a challenge you know when they're not giving the user what they want so here's the machine the uh, the new you now the touch bar we've got our deck in development it's it's going to be well worth the wait. that adds uh, additional storage and ports you know it bolts onto the machine and, and gives you all these things but you know the, the, the big thing is you know, apple gets ahead of themselves sometimes i think and you know, suddenly you have a great machine but uh, it, it's missing some of the things that the pros and, and general users need. And the opportunities we have are not the kind, in that case, are not the ones that we necessarily would like to see because it's completing something that Apple, that the users, I mean, we talk to our customers, the customers say, this machine isn't complete without these things. And, of course, we want Apple shipping machines that are certainly completed a, 
at a base level. And, you know, the real fun for us is with Thunderbolt 3, I mean, we've got the fastest bus-powered SSD solution that, that, you know, takes up a single port, and you're going to see 2,000 megabytes of throughput through this thing, up to 2 terabytes. We've got our Viper that pushes, you know, closer to 3 gigabytes a second, and you can raid a couple of them together across two ports with soft raid, and now we're pushing over 4,000 megabytes a second. And we showed that at the NAB, which, you know, they were looking to make sure, I mean, let them touch the buttons and do, you know, actually you know, do it themselves. They couldn't believe the speed. So Now, let's oper- point out here, before we get too geeky here. Sure. We're talking about tools for people in the broadcasting industry, doing scientific work, making movie special effects, the faster you can push data, True. the faster you get your work done. And you're building a $200 million movie, and you want to get those special effects rendered, and you're doing the reshoots like they've been doing for Justice League, where they called in Joss Whedon to take over from Zack Snyder to kind of do some final touch-ups on the movie. And the guy redo some special effects, the faster they can do that, the less money they spend, the more they can ensure good quality because they can look at the final version and say, okay, we've got to fix this. Superman is not flying right. Yeah, Superman will be in Justice League. And they got to go back and do the special effect or fix it and refine it. But if they can move all that data faster, that's very important at every step. Now, I want to ask you here, speaking of pros, we've got the iMac Pro coming out. Now, other than the cooling system and the darker gray colors... It looks to be the same as the regular iMac with the same limitations. So you're going to have this super powerful machine with 18-core Intel Xeon W processor, 128 gigabytes of ECC RAM. It's going to be, what, twelve dollars to $15,000 fully decked out. But it will have the same limit on upgrading as you will with the regular iMac, right? That's true. However, again, with Thunderbolt 3 and even with the, the regular iMac today is, is quite a powerful beast in itself. I mean, you can go up to 64 gigs of memory. Even with the, the i7s, it's pretty impressive. So I'm, I'm actually really interested to see how the, uh, the architecture, how the, the Xeon architecture works out in the, the iMac Pro. With Thunderbolt 3, unlike Thunderbolt 2, you do have reasonable external bandwidth to connect things externally that can take you further. Now, the problem with the, the current Mac Pro 2013 is, you know, with just Thunderbolt 2, even with three Thunderbolt 2 channels, you've got less bandwidth than a single PCIe slot had and the, the prior, actually the 2009 Mac Pro, for that matter. And that's one PCIe slot out of that Mac Pro, which has four of them, versus using all three of your Thunderbolt 3 just to get the five-eighths of that. And I want to take a step back. You know, we're talking uh, on these, these Thunderbolt 3 things and the, these really fast externals. The nice thing about what we're putting out there, these aren't going to be $10,000 drives. You know, we're talking about drives that are going to start for well under $1,000 for capacity, that you know anybody uh, can take advantage of. So if you're doing photo editing. I mean, if you're an amateur, you're doing video work. You, you get your drone. You want to edit the video that you shot. You know, on a flight, you, you're taking pictures of your kids. Whatever it may be, you know, this stuff is. I mean, truly professional grade. You know, and it is used in video editing. Uh, I say for exceptionally uh, cool projects. You know, and, and real and motion pictures. But these kinds of tools. I mean, historically, and that's what we've always liked. It. We bring down the barriers so that everybody can take advantage of those. Those kind of technologies and the cost uh, to plug in an external SSD, even if you can't upgrade your internal, is going to be uh, it, it's going to be pretty comparable. It's not going to the new ports on these machines give great opportunities for external expansion going forward. We've got more to come. One more segment with Larry O'Connor. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. A lot can happen in six seconds. A rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. If you're a sleep apnea sufferer who's on the go, go to your phone and call right now to try the world's first portable mini CPAP device, absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights. It's the Transcend Mini CPAP, an engineering marvel that's as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. Its unique design is so small and so light, you can fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. No more dragging around a big, bulky CPAP. Even better, now you can try Transcend absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights by calling minicpap.com, 1-800-962-4276. Transcend is FAA compliant, too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. You can also add a battery pack that's as tiny as a deck of cards. So now you can enjoy the freedom to sleep comfortably anywhere. But don't wait. To receive your 10-night in-home trial, call minicpap.com now. 1-800-962-4276. That's 1-800-962-4276. 
You want to save money in a place that gives you growth, control, and certainty without stock market risk or tax risk, and you want guarantees and you want it all tax-free. That's a tall order. But you can get all of that with properly designed participating whole life insurance. Most people think life insurance pays after you're dead. That's true. But you can have tax-free access to use your life insurance while you're alive. Get the free book to find out how. Call 702-660-7000. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. With Larry O'Connor talking about the support for Thunderbolt 3, which may not mean anything, but it means hooking up really fast stuff to your Mac and therefore an affordable rate being able to do things. Maybe you want to learn how to do movie special effects or something in your home and you don't want to have to spend all sorts of money. But looking at this here, imagine, Larry, when the first iMac came out in 1998, $1,299 using notebook parts, not a very fast computer, and now there's going to be a version that starts at $5,000. Fully decked out, it's going to cost, what, twelve to 15000 almost the cost of a compact car, in an iMac. Would you have thought of that back in 1998? No, if I had my way, they wouldn't have done it in the first place, because I still think that design a proper Mac Pro with expansion and let people connect whatever display they want to it, quite honestly. So it's going to be interesting. But I give Apple credit for doing it anyway, because quite frankly, what they've done over the last few years is been disappointing to a lot of pros. So I I hope it's everything that they're promising. Now, if that's the iMac Pro, what's the Mac Pro going to be like? The 28-core Xeon? Well, there's a limit. The core limitation has to do with Intel's architecture. So quite frankly, my expectation is that it's a modular version of the iMac without a display. You know, more. Hopefully, they bring back PCIe slots and give people you know, some real direct bus expansion capabilities, plus you know, the, the same you know, high-end features and hopefully more memory, uh, I'd say, upgradability than the 128. But you know, we'll see. There is an Intel... 28-core Xeon. I don't know about the thermal requirements or anything else. Sure. It starts at $10,000 retail, like a new egg. And if you buy the one that handles expanded ECC memory, like more than, you know, a terabyte of memory, we're talking about lots of memory here, it's $13,000. So that's when I said 28-core. If they could run that chip in a modular Mac Pro, you're talking about a $20,000 computer potentially. You know, if you take a look at the original 2013 Mac Pro and broke out the components to buy at retail, it's an absolutely incredibly priced machine. So just the GPUs that they shipped in the base model you know, would have cost you almost what that machine was. What, what you pay for individual components versus the OEM integration side, very different, very different economies. But you, know, you make a good point, and I, I'll still just take a, a big step back and say, whatever they give us, I hope it goes back to a model that supports you know, future upgradability. When we were waiting for what the 2013 Mac Pro was going to be, people didn't want some fancy, you know, Iron Man trifecta, you know, super cool. And we're going to show how we can put three logic boards together and make a cylinder with a, a with a, a fun reflective uh, shell that looks cool. They wanted the Silver Tower Thunderbolt. All we ever heard is, hey, we love our Silver Tower. Can we get Thunderbolt into it? Is Apple going to do a Thunderbolt version of the Silver Tower? If Apple just provided a, a Silver Tower Thunderbolt, I, I think they would have had a lot more sales and a much happier customer base. It took them almost, well, it took them over three years to, I guess, say that they had listened to the core 
and realized they might not have been perfectly on target with, with what they delivered. It was very disappointing that it, they, it took them three years to get to the point where they said it'd be another year to give people what they believed that they wanted. But our hopes are up and yeah, but what you can put into this thing, if, if it's built right, you know, the sky should be the limit. Uh, 28 core, you know, notwithstanding. Even though Apple is perceived as having expensive gear, it's not that expensive when you look at the competition. So look at the iPhone. The highest price iPhone is $969 now for an iPhone 7 Plus with 256 gigabytes of RAM. Compare that to the high-end Samsung Galaxy smartphones with less storage, by the way. There's hardly any difference in price. Now, when you look at the 5K iMac starting at $1799, look at the cost of a 27-inch 5K display with wider color gamut. Just the display. And now stick a computer in there. And tell me it's an expensive product. It's really not. No, I agree. The only place where Apple tends to fall down is when they limit the customer on what they can do to upgrade these machines because it becomes really expensive when a year from now there's something else you'd like to take advantage of and you're locked out from taking advantage of it. But in terms of the scale, and you're 100% right, like the iPhone, the quality of Apple hardware, the quality of manufacture, even if they were at a small scale, I'd be impressed with. The scale of Apple is, the consistency and the quality, it, it's absolutely you know, amazing. I mean, look at Samsung a year ago you know, with the exploding batteries. You know, that was, I mean, they, they produce a fraction of what Apple produces when it comes to that high-end product. Every phone they produce is an iPhone. It's not just you know, a limited you know, run of a, of a high-end version, but they produce a few million units. I mean, they're producing hundreds of millions of these devices and they do so with exceptionally high consistency and quality you've got your you've got an imac that's running strong from so 2009 correct well that was the one that we put your drive on yeah right and that runs perfectly a pc from 2009 is probably if it's probably been recycled or collecting dust somewhere you it's just not built that way apple builds really good hardware now they certainly aren't perfect there's you can build faster things you can do things on average when you look at the longevity, I mean, the quality of build is impressive, and those machines, they, they go to distance. And it's disappointing to me. Again, when you have a machine that they start to make it harder to upgrade and maintain, it's like you got this awesome machine that you know maybe just needs some service now and again. But when you take away serviceability, all of a sudden, you know, you artificially restrict the you know the lifetime of a machine that you know, really should last you know five to seven years without without a problem. Apple's proven they do. Well, I have a 2010 MacBook Pro. I have no problems with it. There's nothing about it that performs distinctively different. Two advantages. We doubled the memory from four gigabytes to eight, and we got that solid-state drive. That's it. Of course, it runs a hell of a lot faster with that solid-state drive. But imagine if that machine, you bought it, everything was soldered, and exactly how the drive was locked in, it would have long lost its usefulness if you couldn't add more memory or upgrade the, that hard drive to an SSD. Well, we need to do is take Apple executives, put them to a small room, and give them a couple of knocks on the head and say, what makes this a worthwhile choice? Tell us why. Don't tell us that only a few percent of people ever upgrade their Macs. Tell us about the people who do need to upgrade their Macs and why there's no way to serve them in a reasonable way. But I don't know. The media never asks Apple that question. I would ask first thing. You know, I haven't talked to anyone from Apple in several years, but I would certainly be asking that question. Why make it so difficult to upgrade? What's the logic of that? Especially when you have someone buys a computer and this is a big stretch for them. They don't have the spare cash. They can't spend the $100, $200, or $300 or more to buy the thing with more capacity now. They're buying what they can afford. Why should they be stuck? No, we are in agreement. The thing that's hardest you now 
for me to, to see out there were the were the pros that have been Apple's greatest evangelists. I mean, out there promoting, you know, Apple left and right that you know started to fall off the bandwagon because you know they, they couldn't get out of those machines what they wanted, and Apple was had stopped to them, it stopped listening to them, stopped giving them what they really needed. Awesome, you know, so for the most part, I mean, compared to Windows, still a superior, you know, OS platform. But when they couldn't do what they needed with the hardware, they you know they buy a 2013 Mac Pro. And two years later, you know, the GPUs aren't what they need for the current video requirements, and they've got no way to, to do anything about it other than, at that point, buy a PC. It's tough. And I don't know that Apple, when it, it made some of these decisions, really considered how vocal, how influential, you know, the folks that were pushing these machines to the max that, you know, did take advantage of the slots, you know, how much influence they had, just the goodwill that they drove out there in marketing for Apple. And Apple, I mean, at this point, I mean, they probably, I, I don't know. We can we just maintain hope for the future. They're listening to their customers, and that's the most important thing. We want to find out more information about other world computing. And Larry O'Connor, where do we go? Hey, you can check out www.macsales.com, and you can see all of our, uh, our engineering's uh, latest and greatest and other places to buy OWC products uh, via owcdigital.com. You can check us out on Twitter. Look for Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. You'll find Gene Steinberg on Facebook, the guy with the plaid shirt. He's still around. After all these years, at September 9th, he becomes a lot older. We can't even discuss that. We've got a second radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And we're going to talk about alternative journalism and paranormal research and such with The Dark Journalist. Oh, boy. Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. Don't forget, if you want to really support this show, we offer Tech Night Owl Plus, where you get a version of the show without the network ads and better quality audio, all for a low subscription rate. Just go to www.technightowl.com slash plus or plus.technightowl.com, whatever floats your boat, plus.technightowl.com for our low subscription rates and more. Ariel O'Connor, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Hey, glad you're there, Gene. Good, good, good being on the show. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.